Broadcasting from the Young Idea Studios at Guest and Gray, this is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Good morning, and welcome to Dig Deep. My name is Stephen Carroll, and I'm here every week with you, and I'm so thankful that you've joined in with us this morning here on TrueTexasRadio.com. So thankful for Will and his vision and desire to have a program like this on his station. It's uh, been a blessing to us, and I think we're in our 13th or 14th week that we've been doing this since January. And so uh, super thankful to him for uh, opening the door for us, and uh, incredibly thankful for you joining in each week. If this is your first week, welcome. We're glad you've joined in with us. And uh, as always, we'd love to get to know you better and love to be a part of, uh, of your life. Any kind of needs you might have, prayer needs, whatever, feel free to email those to us. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I've got a Stephen Carroll page. And you can check that out and like it. Also on Twitter, at Stephen Carroll 77 Or you can go to www.wedigit.org. And uh, you can connect with us that way as well. Also see a little bit about our ministry. And like I said, we're in the process of updating that website. We have been for a few weeks. And so we're um, excited you joined in with us this morning. Also thankful for our sponsors. we got our first sponsors. have some others that are uh, thinking about joining in with us. But uh, Molly Pennington is a realtor here in the Forney, Dallas area. And also uh, Miss Angie Carricker. And so we've got them um, lined out. They've helping us. And so we'll be putting some information out there about them. We're thankful for their sponsorship. If you'd like to sponsor Dig Deep and help us keep this program on the air, uh, just let us know. It's a nonprofit ministry, and we would love to have your support, and uh, you can be involved with us. So again, thanks for joining in this morning. Last week, I shared a little bit about how um, that uh, I was sore from uh, umpiring a bunch of games. Umpired some more this week, and you know what? I'm not as sore. I mean, here I am a week later, and um, I also started running and have been trying to get in better shape. And so I, today I ran again, actually this morning, and. And I am trying to just kind of stay on target with that. It's hard, though, you know, because, um, you know, I, I, as I was running a couple of times this past week, man, I got really frustrated. Uh, frustrated because, uh, you know, I, I got out of it for about six months. I was doing pretty good for a while. I was running uh, pretty consistently back in the summer. And, uh, you know, I got frustrated this week as I was running. I was thinking, man, this is taking me so long. I remember when I was running a few months back and, and I was able to... Um, run a lot further and, and a lot faster time and and I thought about um, you know how I lost track a little bit you know I know you've probably all been there you've made a commitment to do something and you did it for a while and you get out of it and there's that part of you that just doesn't want to reconnect with it you know that part of you that you're thinking you know this isn't worth it and so it's easier just to kind of stay away from it and actually one time I was running this week and as I was running up I, I just had gotten started and Man, I got a horrible camp or cramp in my calf, and I thought right there, you know what, man, I'm not be able to run. I thought about quitting, and I stopped. I walked a few minutes, and then I kind of started jogging again and picked back up. You know what was cool was I actually pushed through it and actually felt better when I ended than when I began. And so, you know, here's the deal: is you, you just have to stay consistent with things, and that's what we're talking about. We all um, face difficulties and struggles and we're going to pick back up on where we were last week when we talked about John chapter 4 and how that Jesus had to go through Samaria uh, he had to go through there because he knew there was a purpose for him to be there and and even though like we talked about last week the Jewish people didn't even connect and, and, and really have associate with Samaritans that's what we talked about last week was how that the story of the Samaritan the good Samaritan was so 
important, so powerful because Jesus was teaching the people, look, here's the deal is, is that you need to love each other. It's the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And then the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. It's no matter just staying consistent, staying focused. It's just like this idea of running. It's this idea of making a commitment. And that's where what we're talking about, how that when you're in the power of fellowship and community, it's us connecting with one another and encouraging each other on the journey that we are facing together. Nobody's alone. And, and that's what Jesus wanted the people to recognize was, I was sent here by my father to love people and to, to show people who he is. And as I show him people who he is, then what they're going to see from me is, is that they're loved and that they can be forgiven and that they can change and, and that things can be different and things can be like they like you would like for them to be you know they can be they can change and so uh, as we think about staying consistent staying focused you know what what causes us to lose focus and that was the thing that as we look at the life of Jesus Christ he was always focused he was always focused on doing his father's will he was always focused on loving people he was always focused on accepting people where they were and showing them that there was a better way but what causes people to give up? What causes us to pick up a bad habit again or start a new bad habit, so to speak? Or There's always a reason. You know, there's always something that's happened to us. We get we get overwhelmed. We, we have a tragedy take place. Things get difficult uh, in our lives. And if we go even deeper and we examine our motives and our reasons and our thoughts, it's just like I was sharing with you. I mean, you might think, well, man, I'm, I'm sore. I, I don't want to... I don't want to do this again. I can't. I can't run today. And what's crazy is the very thing that you need to do is run. I can't. I can't umpire any more games because my legs hurt too bad. I, I mean, you could say that, but the reality of it is, is that once you do it and you get back into it, and you make the decision, you feel better on the other side of that moment than you did before. It's all about pushing through and doing what's difficult, doing what doesn't come natural. Because you know, if we're honest, what comes natural is, is to quit. What comes natural is to just let it go. What comes natural is is to, to feed our flesh. It's to do what makes us happy, to do what makes us feel good. And that's the whole point that I believe we can recognize as we're moving into this, is that the power of fellowship and community is that we come into agreement with one another, that we learn that, okay, I'm, I need to love God most. We make that decision, not what other people think, not what other people think we should do, but what does God say that I should do? Uh, to have a relationship with him individually too often we're looking outside for other people to tell us what we need to do for other people to tell us that we're okay and, and what we're missing is that internal peace that we can have by allowing God to have control of our life and to do that through a relationship with Jesus that's what causes us to lose focus that's what causes us to give up it's something internally and like I said, if we go deeper and we look even at our motives, our reasons, our thoughts, most people don't want to do that because then we have to dig deep. You see, the mind is powerful. Then we have to look at our past. Then we have to look at our struggles. Then we have to look at decisions that we've made. Then we have to face things that we really don't want to face. I mean, I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm there right now. There are things that, that are difficult. There are, there are questions that I don't have the answers to. There are things I'm not sure what I'm going to do about. It's easy to, to just let go and say, you know what, I quit. I stop. I mean, that that's easy. But what's difficult at times is to say, look, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to press on. 
I, I think about Jesus. I think about the life that he lived. I think about how he he pressed on. How that he went all the way and completely did exactly what his father had asked him to do, which was to come to live a life, a sinless life, to be obedient to him and to give his life for ours, to make a way so that we could have a relationship with God. And then through that, what he showed us is who God is. And, and he showed us that, look, God loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you hope and a future. That's what it's all about. And what Jesus did was he challenged people. He told them stories that made them think. He told them truth that, that made them stop and realize, wait a minute, I, I'm, not, I'm not going the right direction here. I'm not following through with what, what I should follow through with. You see, the mind is powerful. I mean, you want some good verses on the mind? Because here's it all begins there. We lose or win the battle in our minds. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, 2, Paul says, Look, I beseech you, I urge you to give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Now, this is what he said in verse 2. Then he says, And, and don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Now, think about that. The pattern of this world. What is the pattern of society? The power, pattern of what, what the world says that we should be or the flesh says that we should we desire. It, it's something that's different. It's not, it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's something that we're changed from the inside out. And that's why it says, so don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And he says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, Paul says, look, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. In other words, if there are things in my life that are causing me to lose focus on what's most important, that I need to get rid of that. And so do you. If there are things in my life that, that internally that I'm battling, secrets that I'm struggling with, issues that I'm facing, things that are causing my marriage to not be where it needs to be pride and, and sinfulness and issues that I have, things that are causing me not to to humble myself and to to be the parent that that I know I need to be to to admit to acknowledge things in my life that I need to get rid of that I need to deal with most people don't do that and there's something there in all of our lives that's why Paul says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God and he said that because here's the deal is there's always some obstacle in our life and it's easy for us to to blame God I mean, honestly, I, I do. At times I look up and I think, God, where are you? I mean, why is this happening? Um, what, is, what is this all about? You could stop this. But you see, there's a bigger plan at work, and I don't understand that. And it's not what we talked about last week. The conversation that I had with the, the, the gentleman who lost his wife to cancer, and, and he said, you know, I, I don't like it. I, that's not what I wanted. But I, I, but I have to know that God is still good. And that God's still in control. You see, that is a choice. That's supernatural. Natural is to to hate everybody, to be, you know, to to just do away with it all. Supernatural says, wait a minute, there's a there's something bigger going on here. And even though I don't like it, it, it does, it's not what I wanted. It's not what I desired. It's not what I prayed for. But it, I need to see what God's teaching me. What 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 He's doing? What's the bigger picture? That's what Paul means. What is your obstacle today? What is it that that you struggle with? What is it that keeps you from just humbling yourself? I know in my own life, 
It's fear. Battle fear? I've battled fear all my life. Uncertainty, doubt. Sometimes a, a lack of self-confidence, believe it or not. Just not able to allow others to speak into my life, to allow others to see me. Because here's the, my false belief is that I'm afraid that if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't like me. And you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to show us, look, that, that's not the truth. I love you for who you are. I love you because you're created by my Father. And I want you to know Him. He can change things. And so what does Paul say? He says, look, we, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Because we need to get that out of the way. Whatever that is. And then we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. In other words, we put things in line. It's a process. It's getting on the road and starting to run. And even though your calf starts cramping up, you stop, you walk for a few minutes, and, and you keep pressing on. It's that moment when you are sore and you physically are, are ch- making some changes and, and you've worked out or you've gone to a, a fitness class and, and you're sitting there in the chair and you're thinking, I'm so sore and you're supposed to go back. It's getting up and going and working through the pain. It's the same way in our lives spiritually. I, I know story after story after story of people that, are, that have done supernatural things, things that they can't do on their own, but they have battled through, whether it was an addiction, whether it was a... Uh, Something that that they had they had battled in their life to try to overcome, something that had overtaken them, whether it was alcohol or whether it's pornography or or drugs or it was eating or it was secret sins that no one knew about. If it was whatever it was, those are the stories. People that face those things head on. If you relate it to what I just said, it's that idea that it's hard, you know. But but when you press through the pain. And you press through the difficulty. When you get up when you don't want to. When you choose to do something by a thought. Believing that is what God's asked you to do. Then you know what will happen. You'll see those obstacles start to fall out of the way. Now there will be others. Things will come up. Things will happen. It happened in my own life. It's easier to go to Sonic and get mozzarella cheese sticks. You know. Than it is to grab a handful of almonds. It's easier. It's easier to, you know, to instead of reading a book when you're depressed and discouraged, it's, it's easier to go to something that may make you feel better for a moment to escape reality. I mean, people do it all the time. It's harder, seems like, because to do what's right, to make the choice to do what's right, getting rid of the obstacle. You know, in my own life, I've been really inspired by people in my family, my wife, Donna, who has, from the time we've been together, and, and when we got married, she made some difficult choices to get to deal with things in her life, to be honest. Uh, my own children, watching them and seeing them press through and persevere through things. I could go through each one of their lives, and, and I could see moments that they have pressed on, whether it was a, a, a physical issue or a struggle or relationship issue. And we've all walked through that together. See, that's what community does. That's the whole purpose of this, this med, these messages, is that you individually choose. I'm going, I'm going to press forward. It's like Paul said, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this proud obstacle that keeps me from knowing God. I'm going, I want to get rid of this, and I'm going to get rid of these rebellious thoughts, and I want to be obedient to Christ. 
You see, the battle is lost and won in your mind. That's where it's lost and won. Where you, whether you defeat yourself in your mind, whether you believe lies, whether you believe the negative things that come in there, we can do more than we realize. And God wants us to recognize that when we surrender everything to Him, then He can really do amazing things in our lives. When we keep running, even though we get a cramp, it, those times that we're pressing on and we're getting stronger, it's the same thing spiritually in our life. God wants us to know that if we'll just acknowledge Him and recognize that we give our thoughts to Him in that moment, He can do amazing things to our lives. He'll open doors for us. He'll close doors that we don't need to go through. He'll guide us in every decision that we make. And that's where it all begins. Think about every thought that you have. Think about the thoughts that you don't even speak out. Think about how you lose the battle in your mind. I remember when I was a kid, and, and even as an adult, wanting, thinking I should have a conversation, and in my mind I'm thinking I, I, should, I should have that conversation, I should maybe talk to her, or I should talk to him, or I should speak up. And then I don't, and I walk away from the situation defeated and discouraged. Why? I lost the battle in my mind. I gave in to insecurity rather than giving in to confidence. To do exactly, to trust that God was leading me to do what I needed to do. I try to teach my kids this all the time. Donna and my wife and I always want to share this with them. Look, don't lose the battle in your mind. Because we all face it, we all do. And God knows that about us. Can I tell you something else? And here's something that you need to recognize. The enemy knows that too. The devil knows exactly what's going on. That's why Peter said, look, be sober, be alert in 1 Peter 5. Because your, your, your enemy, the devil, is walking about like a roaring lion. You see, the reality of it is that the enemy is, is a master. He's a master at planting destructive thoughts in your mind. He is the master at isolating you and causing us to keep everything hidden in secret. He is a master at keeping you from taking a step of faith. He's a master at giving us excuses and causing us to give up trying to influence our decision can i ask you those obstacles in your life can, can you sense how the enemy is discouraging you today do you know all it takes is a simple acknowledgement lord i recognize that god I, I need to give you this issue in my life speak it out because what he wants you to do is keep everything hidden and everything secret he wants you to quit he wants you to give up that's why it's so important when we read this, and we talked about last week in John chapter 4, when Jesus said, look, he had to go through Samaria. It was not an option. It was a decision that he had to do. Why? Because there was a purpose for him being there. Do you realize that that is what the enemy wants in your life for you not to recognize? He wants you to give up. He studies you from the time you're born. He studies our environment, our circumstances, our fears, our doubts, and our insecurities. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he uses all that against us to do what? To make you quit, to make you give up so that the obstacles seem greater than the opportunity. That's what he is the master of. You see, he tried the same thing with Jesus. We're getting close to Easter, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in the weeks ahead. But but the enemy came to Jesus and tried to get him to give up. He tried to get him to stop. He tormented him from the very beginning of his ministry. He tried to influence him to, to deny what God had asked him to do, to deny his call. And then right before Jesus was headed to the cross, 
the Bible says that that there was a war that took place there was a battle that took place in that garden of Gethsemane and the enemy tried everything he could to stop to stop and to destroy what God intended to do for us through Jesus Christ in fact the enemy thought you know what when he had him crucified he thought that was it but it wasn't it wasn't it but because Jesus was obedient and had the faith to believe to overcome doubt and fear let me tell you something the Bible says that Jesus experienced everything that we've experienced everything we've experienced that we have a high priest that was tempted in every way that we're tempted but he did not sin he overcame it how by the power of God's Word his truth in his life and by choosing to be obedient that's why Jesus said look I'm not here to do my will I'm here to do my father's will the battle is in the mind it was a choice that Jesus Christ made as well do, do you know the one thing that the enemy cannot combat do you know the one thing the enemy hates more than anything else is honesty that's why when we look at the story of John chapter 4 and the Samaritan woman was that Jesus challenged her if you remember last week Jesus came to the well and and he said Jesus looked at her and said go get your husband and she looked at him and she said well I don't have a husband and then Jesus said well you're right you don't have you've had five husbands and then the person you're living with now is not your husband and it was honesty that began to break down the walls it was honesty that destroyed the obstacles in this lady's life and as we continue our study today the word that keeps coming to my mind is this look is that we need to all recognize we all have issues we all have struggles we're all different personalities some are extroverts some are introverts some like details in order some like to talk a lot those different things we're all different but but the truth is that we all have struggles and we all have a real enemy and we all have to battle our issues there's a new song out and i, and I wanted to play it for you this this morning uh, it, it's just a it's a great song i love it and and i love it not so much i love it because of what it says because it speaks to the fact that we all have issues and, and I want you to listen to it and as you listen to it I want you to remember and think about what we're talking about tonight and no matter who you are every one of us have got problems and issues and struggles and the Samaritan woman had so many issues in her life that, that she couldn't even associate with a lot of the people in town I mean she came to the well in the middle of the afternoon why but because she was avoiding everyone else because she was probably talked about she was looked down on who knows all the reasons but Jesus had to go through Samaria by choice he went through and by engaging in a conversation with this woman having fellowship and community with her asking her for a drink acknowledging her issues guess what happened the walls begin to come down in her life why because he loved her he loved her and he showed her that love the love of the father through him and it changed her life Let's listen to the song. We'll come back and talk about it after it's over. I'm jealous. I'm overzealous. When I'm down, I get real down. When I'm high, I don't come down. I get angry. Baby, believe me. I can love you just like that. And I can leave you just as fast. But you don't. Touch me Cause if you did, baby, I'd touch you too No, you don't Touch me Cause if you did, baby, I'd touch you too Cause I got issues But you're hurting too So give them up 
Feel bad, try to fix things But you're perfect Poorly wired circuit And got hands like an ocean Put you out, pull you back in Cause you don't Judge me Cause if you did, baby, I This is what this is what I what I love is that that Jesus Christ came and he recognized look I came because you've got issues. We try to hide our issues. I, I do because we're so afraid that we're we're not going to be accepted, we're not going to be forgiven, we're, we're 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 afraid of the consequences. And don't get me wrong, there are consequences. I I realize that. I mean, we've all got issues like she said. But that's what I'm learning from Jesus because he let people come to him as they were. You know, James 5.16 is a verse that, that I love. And it says, confess your sins to one another and there will be a healing. And, and it goes on to say, and pray for one another. To, and you can't pray for each other if we don't know exactly what we're facing. How, how can we engage in a relationship with other people if we don't acknowledge the fact, look, I've got issues. In fact, you should... You should say that out loud. I've got issues. We all do. Look at your neighbor and tell them, look, you've got issues. But because all of us, we all do. That was what I love so much about certain mentors in my life. I've referenced a man named Marty Kyle. I think that was the thing that, that I loved so much about him. 
was that he helped me realize, Stephen, you have issues and, and you have to acknowledge those issues. I remember he took us to a study called Making Peace with Your Past. It was digging deep into your life. It was digging deep about the things that you had gone through and the things that had shaped you to who you were. Remember what I said is that don't, don't think that the enemy doesn't know those things about you in your life. Don't, don't miss out on the fact that, that he uses that against you to keep you, to give you obstacles, to stop you from experiencing that relationship with God. Because the reality of it is, is that you have a story that God wants to share with other people. But to share that story, you have to first deal with those issues, those struggles. And, and I love what she said in the song is that is, let's bask, you know, let's, let's bask in the glory of our problems. It's not that we're going to live there. It's the fact that we have come together in community and that individually we have said, look, I've got things I need to deal with. And then through community, we find support and love to be able to deal with those things together. You see, God is the one that makes all that possible. He's the one that, that is love. He's the one that gives us the chance to change. And that was the thing that Marty would tell me over and over again. And then there were some guys that had, at a church that I worked at in Little Rock. Mark Schatzman and Mark Tedder and Doug Daly and Kirk Greenstreet. And these guys that I worked with. And, and I was coming out of a very difficult time in my life. And, and they taught me the same thing. They lived life authentically. In fact, a few weeks ago, we got to see Mark and Carrie Tedder and, and spend some time with them. And it was so just encouraging to be around them again it's so good to be around people that are willing to be authentic to to acknowledge look these have been the obstacles in my life are these are the obstacles in my life this is what i'm battling this is what i'm struggling with and then when you realize look i'm not alone you know what happens your issues lose the power that they control over you because then you speak it out you have acknowledged it to someone else. That's why James said, confess your sins to one another. Confess it. Share it. Then there'll be a healing. Healing comes in our lives when we're willing to deal with us first. How easy is it to blame all of our problems and all of our issues on somebody else? <laughs> it's easy. And, 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 and hear me hear me clearly there are many of you listening today and you have gone through things that I can even I could not even begin to understand wounds that have been caused in childhood and through struggled and failed relationships and things that have happened to people that have done to you business deals that went bad I mean things that were just not fair they just weren't right I get it I get it but so often in the midst of all those things in our lives, we will lose sight of the fact that there are things individually that we need to, to deal with first. You see, when Jesus meets this woman at the well in John chapter 4, and he begins to talk to her about her life, she begins to talk as though she's got these things and she understands them. And, and Jesus, as we'll see in just a few minutes, says, no, wait, time out, time out. You don't, know, you don't have what you need. No, don't, don't avoid the fact that, that you, need, you need to change. Don't, don't, don't bypass the decision that you need to make and to deal with these failed relationships. 
Don't avoid the fact that what has happened in your life, you've been in five marriages and, and you're living with a guy now. And I'm not condemning you, I'm just saying there, there's something not right. And that's why he tells her, look, I, I want to give you living water. I want to give you something inside that he says you'll never thirst again. And she was thinking physically, well, you got to drink water. Well, yeah, obviously you do. He was talking about spiritual. He was talking about renewal. He was talking about changing her from the inside. It's like we said from the very beginning of this series that we have to choose to love God most. Give him our issues. Give him our struggles. Give him our failures. Let him change us from the inside out. Receive the forgiveness that he that he bought for us on Calvary. Allow him to change us. You see, like I said, that's what I'm learning from Jesus. He let people come as they were and let them know that they could come with their problems. And just like the song said, he actually had the love that could solve them. That could deal with the issues that they faced. Why? Because it was the love of the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. That is the key. That is the core of everything. And then it's our responsibility as believers, as individuals, that come face to face with that truth individually. Then we share that. With who? With our wives, with our husbands, with our children, with our parents, with our family. And then we extend that into the community. That's what we've said over and over and over again over the past few weeks. That's what Jesus wants us to see. And that's exactly what happened in this woman's life in John chapter 4. So to just kind of recap this, you have issues. I have issues. We all battle struggles. We all have secrets. We all have things that we try to hide. We all have things that are, that are insecurities. We all deal with those things on a daily basis so what do we do we don't allow ourselves to be conformed to the patterns of this world to what is that natural side of our life but we're transformed like paul said in romans 12 2 transformed by the renewing of our mind by choosing to think and to allow the word of god and the truth of god's word and the truth that he speaks about us and the truth that jesus christ paid the price for so that we could be forgiven so that we could handle these things individually and then collectively we can move forward you know i remember years ago and i think i've shared this before but donna and i my wife and i've been through um a lot of counseling we've been through a lot of conversations we've been through groups we've been through recovery she went and made a courageous decision to deal with things in her life and and it, and it inspired all of us on so many levels but in the midst of all that counseling, what, what God began to show her was, Donna, you love me most. You love me most. More than you love Stephen, you love me most. Let me have him. Stephen, you love me most. Let me have Donna. You love me most. And then when you can choose to do that, then I can remove the obstacles in your life. I can deal with the issues in your life. And then together you're going to come together and, and you're going to share that love that you have individually with one another. And then you're going to find more issues and more struggles and more complications. Because you obviously, most likely, if you are married or married to someone that's the exact polar opposite of you. Someone that is completely different. The conflict arises. And in those conflicts, God wants you to see those are obstacles. 
He's still changing you from the inside out. He's still trying to mold you and shape you. That's why it's so interesting to, interesting to me is that we so often bypass that step. We go outside instead of recognize, look, God changed me from the inside and then deal with these things together individually. It's this idea that 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 love inspires us and we want to share it with other people. We want our world to be changed. We want our lives to be changed. We want our families to be changed. I want that. I desire that. We want to be a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And what happened on that day, in the middle of the afternoon, years and years ago, when Jesus Christ comes to that well, was that woman's life was changed. Her world was changed. And she came face to face with her issues, with her obstacles, with her struggles, with her secrets, with her insecurities. And she realized that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, loved her, forgave her, and she was changed. There's a song that I love that I just had to share. And I, every time I think about this thought, I think about it. It's called Change the World. And, and we're going to talk about it. It's by Eric Clapton. But obviously the, the context with which he's sharing it is a little different. But we're going to come back and talk about how I believe that we can learn a lot from it. It's a great song. Let's listen to it together.
I love that song. I say that a lot, don't I? I do. I, I love this song because it's this idea that everyone wants to see see change from the inside. I mean, whether it's a wife that looks at her husband and and wants desperately to see him leading in the family and and moving forward, and yet she's struggling with her own issues and her own insecurities and her own battles. Whether it's a husband that that wants desperately to be that man, that that father that can lead his children and and that is that that can have a relationship with. I mean, whatever it is that we want this idea, we want things to be changed from the inside. We want things to be better. We have these ideas in our mind, these that we believe. Look, this this is something that that I know I'm supposed to be. I, I know I'm supposed to be this person, but but those obstacles that we talked about earlier keep us from that. Everybody wants that, and I love the song because it basically it says, "Look, I want to change the world for someone that I love." It, and if I could, I would. I, I would change it. And he even makes a statement: "If I could be king, even for a day, man, I would take you as my queen. I have it no other way." And our love would rule in this kingdom, and and man, we'd make things different. It's a dream, and and I love the fact that he says it even at the song. But for now, I find that it's only in my dreams. Here's the deal is that all of us want to be changed. It's the same story over and over and over again. We know that love changes things and and that's what our message has been about over the last 10 weeks that is that that power, that love, that connection. It's the idea of engaging in the community and and in relationships and with people. And and it all has to be birthed. It all has to be it has to spawn out of some relationship that we have internally that we believe and what so many people miss because of fear doubt insecurity uncertainty questions because of disillusionment because of anger or fear or depression because of bitterness because of whatever it may be is that they miss out on the fact that that God is love that he is the one that that made it all possible that everything bases out of that love it's like I said, well, I go John 3:16. Is that God so loved the world? God so loved you. You can put your name there for God so loved Stephen Carroll that he gave his only son to do what? To change you from the inside out. Why? So you could change the world. Your world. What is that? Well, it starts at your home and your relationships. It starts on your ball team or your school or in the band or the organization as a student that you may serve in. It starts as an adult and opportunities to be in community with other people, with your neighbors around you and and with your children, with your, your wife, your husband. You see, that's where it all begins. You see, God wants you to recognize that you are loved to deal with your issues and your struggles and your obstacles so that then in turn, you can love those around you because you and I can't love other people if we first don't love ourselves. And we can't love ourselves if we don't recognize how much God loves us. That's what it comes to. This morning, if you're, if you're listening today, wherever you are, whether you're driving in your car, sitting in your living room, you got your phone and you're on your app, whatever the case is today, I just want to encourage you to stop and in your mind, just consciously choose to say, you know what, that's that's true. I, I want that relationship. I want to have that relationship 
with God. I want to experience that forgiveness. I want these obstacles to be removed out of my life. And when you choose that, when you recognize that God shows you that kind of love. You see, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't ask us to change. No, he, he simply made the decision to, to provide a way for us to change. You and I have to choose that. I, I can't change what's happened in your life. I can't change what you've done. You can't change what I've done. That's, that's, that's over. But what we can do is control what we choose today. What we will believe today. That's the whole point of the power of fellowship and community. Love God. But why? Because He first loved us and loved people. The enemy wants us to think about what we've done, what we haven't done. He wants us to be consumed with our guilt. He wants us to be consumed with bitterness, anger, confusion, disillusionment. He wants us to to, to believe, uh, if God is so good, then where is he? I don't even believe that he's there. He wants to, to get us as far away from the truth as he possibly can. Well, God sent me here today on this radio station, on truetexasradio.com with you to, sh- to tell you that he loves you and what he's done for you is that he gave his son so that you and I could have a way And Jesus came to show us who God is and how God thinks. And that's what this story is all about. It's in John chapter 4. And in our last few minutes together, I want to read this a few passages. And last week, we, we talked about how Jesus had to go through Samaria. We talked about how Jesus worked his way into a Samaritan village and he came to a well and there was a woman there. A Samaritan woman. We talked about how that Jewish people and Samaritans didn't even interact. But remember, Jesus came to show us who God was. You see, God is not a respecter of person. God loves all people, no matter who they are, where they come from. All that is irrelevant. He created us, and He loves us. And Jesus was showing us that this is who God is. God is not some judgmental, condemning God. In fact, John 3, the verse 17 says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. He sent his son in the world to save the world, to give hope, to give love to people, to give a sacrifice so that we could be loved. And so the the Bible says that Jesus came to the well and asked the the woman for a drink. And the woman was surprised that he asked her for a drink in the first place. And Jesus replied, he said, if you only knew the gift God has for you, this is in verse 10, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I love that verse. Here's the thing is, is that Jesus said, look, it's a gift, right? The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's love. It's to be loved. And then he goes on and, and, and the woman is confused and she's like, we well, don't have a rope or a bucket. How can you get water? And besides, you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? I love that passage. Who, who gave us this well? And I, Jesus could have said, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I knew him. I was there when he dug the well, right? But instead, Jesus replied, he said, look, anyone who drinks this water is going to thirst again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. 
because it comes from a fresh bubbling spring, watch this, within them, giving them eternal life. Now listen, don't get hung up on the idea, yes, eternal life, I'm looking forward to eternity. I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. But, but he's talking about life now. That's why Jesus said, look, I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. He's saying, look, I'm coming to give you life now, to give you love now. What you've been searching for in five husbands, what you're searching for now in this other man that you're living with, I want you to know that that's what you can have in me. What you're searching for is acceptance and love and security, and I want to give you that continually in your life. I want to give you that daily in your life. That's why I came. And guess what she says? I love verse 15 of chapter 4. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water and I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to even come here to get water, right? And that's when he says, go get your husband. You see, she wants that easy fix. And Jesus said, wait a minute, hold on. You got issues. Let's deal with them. And Jesus confronts her with the truth. And it gets on down, and, and we're going to come back and finish this. We're going to stay in this passage for one more week. But it comes on down, and, and, and they go through this conversation. And she says in verse 19, you must be a prophet. I mean, you know everything that I've done. And, 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 and she talks about worship and, and all these different things. And, 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 and she goes, and Jesus says in verse 21, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will still when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while the Jews know all about him. For salvation is coming through the Jews. In other words, I'm, it's coming through me. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and and in truth. And then he, the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And guess what Jesus said? Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Now, I want you to see this as, as we close this, this broadcast today. Basically, the lady was saying, uh, talking about worship and how that, that internal change, that change that happens in our lives. And then Jesus says, let me tell you something. The Jewish people worship a God that they know about. You Samaritans, you're worshiping. You know very little possibly about what you're worshiping. But here's what I want you to know. There's a time coming when what happens inside of you is more important than what happens around you. What happens in your life is more important than where you go on a Sunday morning. What happens in you internally is what's most important. You will be the house of God. You will be changed, not because of what you have to do externally to be pleasing to God, but because of what changes inside of you. You see, the whole point is this, is that Jesus is saying, look, I came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I'm wanting you to understand that it's not about what you do. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how many rules you can follow. It's about you accepting and receiving the gift that I have come to give to you. And she said, well, this is confusing. One day the Messiah is going to come and he's going to explain it all to us. And then Jesus says, I am the Messiah. And next week we're going to look at the transformation that takes place 
in this lady's life. But today, I want you to know that you serve, that you can have a relationship, rather, with a God that is mighty to save whatever you're facing. He is able. He's able. I'm not going to tell you that it will happen overnight, but I'm telling you that if you will make that decision and apply that decision to your life, that you can be changed. The bitterness can be dealt with. The unforgiveness can be dealt with. The fear, the doubt, the insecurity, the addiction, the loss, the pride, all that, it, it, it can be dealt with. How? By that fresh bubbling water that Jesus was talking about. What it was that? That's his presence in you to guide you, to lead you, to love you. You see, Eric Clapton said, I, if only I could change the world. Can I tell you something? Jesus came and he did change the world. He changed everything. That's why he said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe wouldn't perish, wouldn't be constantly sidetracked by obstacles and issues, but could overcome those obstacles and issues through me. I can change you. Before we close, I want to share a song with you real quickly. And it's a song by Hillsong, and it's called Mighty to Save. And we're going to listen to a little bit of this, and I'm going to come back and pray with you. But as you listen to this song, I, I want you to think about whatever your obstacle is today, whatever your issue is, whatever it is that you individually are battling, what's keeping you from understanding and receiving this love today. Because whatever it is, is keeping you also, which we'll see next week, from impacting people the way God intended for you to impact people. Listen to this song.
So as we close today, the taste broadcast this morning, I just want to encourage you to recognize, just like this song is saying, that that Jesus Christ conquered all this for us. Why? So that so that we could be changed, so that we could be saved. That's what he told this woman. He said, "Listen, you can have life that's going to bubble out from inside of you because of a relationship with me, because I love you no matter what, no matter what. But you have to choose." You have to make that decision. And here's the thing. Revelation 12, 11 says, our testimony matters. Because it says, look, in Revelation it says, they overcame the beast, the dragon, by the power of the blood of Jesus and by the word of their story. You see, your story matters. And your story is going to impact other people's lives. What? For God's glory and for your good. You see, he loves us. He's able to save and change us. It's his love. God's love for us sent through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, whatever you're facing today, whatever is confusing to you, whatever issue you're up against, whatever illness you may be, I want you to know that God is mighty to save. What? You internally, your circumstances outwardly may not change. Things may not be different, but you change. And as you change, you face your circumstances differently. And what's incredible is this, is that as we choose to be obedient and let God have control of our lives, acknowledge and surrender all of those issues all those obstacles to him then we were able to take captive those thoughts and be obedient to what christ tells us is true about who we are let me pray for you lord god thank you for this day thank you for this morning thank you for the chance to share with all these amazing people thank you for everyone that's tuned in i pray god that you would touch their life today lord i pray whatever obstacle that they're up against whatever issue that they're battling that God, they'd recognize, Lord, that they're not alone. And God, that you love them unconditionally. And God, I pray just like we've learned today, that Father, they'd be transformed in their thinking and recognize that Father, those issues and struggles don't have to control their lives. That, that they can be free. They can be forgiven by simply making the decision just internally to believe in what you did for us. By sending your son Jesus to down the cross and make a way for us. And that he taught us what? Love God most and then love people. No greater commandment than to love God most. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And when we're able to deal with our issues and our obstacles and face them head on, and you heal us from the inside out with that living water, then we in turn can share that with other people around us. That is the power of fellowship and community. A relationship with you, loving you most, loving those closest to us next, and moving out into the culture and community around us with that message. Thank you for the day. Thank you for loving us. Bless the day that we walk into and glorify yourself through our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, listen, have a great day today. Join in next week. We're going to finish the story. Share this with somebody else. We'll talk to you soon. We'll keep digging deep together, all right? Have a blessed day.